0: You're hanging with us for episode forty of the Rocky Talkie Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Rigatoni. I'm have to tell you, I'm very proud of the fact that I said episode 40. That's crazy to me. That's a that's a that's a, an accomplishment. I'm gonna pat myself on the back here for that one. Um really cool night tonight. I'm hanging out uh with my buddy Alan Glanfield. Did I say that last name right? Yeah, that's right. In his um super secret speakeasy. Um, Attached to his really beautiful Airbnb, I'll keep the location quiet for now, unless he wants me to. Uh, And we're we're posting up here in this beautiful little space. It's just him and I, and um, we're one of the few people in this beautiful city that knows this thing exists, and that's where we're doing this episode tonight. Why are we doing this episode tonight? Uh, He even asked me before we pressed record. He's like, "Well, what do you you want to talk about?" And I was like, "I don't know." Um, So I've known Alan for. really only a month and a half, we've been slowly getting to know each other through little comments here and there on Instagram. And he came by our uh, soft opening at spiritual espresso and we just kind of started kind of hanging out. He invited me over to the, to the space and to see it. And we had a little cocktail together and uh, we've been talking and um, he's got a very compelling story. It's random and winding, and he's got as many lives to speak of as I do, apparently. He's as much of a gypsy as I am. Um, I'm going to say that his story is a little bit cooler than mine. He's been um, all over the place, and the more I talk to him, the more I learn. um, He's a strong silent type, but when he speaks, there's there's gold falling out of that mouth. And I'm like, what? You do that too? (laughs) Ah." So (laughs) the whole point of this conversation really is just to find out His story, I want to know all the things he's done, how the heck he got into doing that, and what his next uh, adventures are going to be. And there's a lot to unpack here. So that's really it. That's the agenda. Alan, you have a cool story. And uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to... Well, I already knew you did cool things. And then when you told me that you went to New York to... To study, was it tailoring for men's fashion? Yeah, men's wear. That's when I realized I'm like, oh, okay, this is a this is a this is like a Batman mystery where I'm reading a Riddler thing. I'm like, okay, what's what what's he gonna tell me now? So that's kind of my that's kind of the hint of the randomness and the coolness of your story, but let's take it to the origin thing. Where did you grow up? Um, what were your influences? How were you shaped? What what kind of uh, realities and visuals were you taking in that shaped the guy I'm talking to right now? What was your, what was your growing up? Like,
1: um, I, I grew up in mostly in Burlington, Ontario. Um, my, I was raised for a good portion of my life by my mom, a single parent. Uh, we moved a lot. Um, probably by the time, probably by the time, I was 12. We'd moved probably a good 20 times. Um, we moved to England for a couple of years, came back. I was, I was probably two. And, uh, which is crazy to think about my life now, looking at my kids lives, mm-hmm. just like comparing, yeah, <laughs> comparing the, the, how I'm like, man, like, yeah, it, that's, it's, it's pretty intense. But, uh, we, uh, we moved a lot. We moved within the same city. My mom, uh, took, uh, Felt that um, although at home there was some uh, inconsistency, she wanted to ensure that I um, had a had a pretty stable life outside of that. Mm-hmm. So even though we moved a lot, we I stayed um, I stayed in the same school. That's cool. That's rare. And uh, and, uh, and which was interesting, uh, stayed in the same elementary school throughout the whole thing, driving me, um, and uh, driving me half an hour pretty far which is uh which is kind of again like as a parent you're now comparing yeah comparing your life um and uh and yeah so kind of grew up all over the place found myself up in uh in in kind of some rural areas uh and that's sort of i think where um kind of the that work ethic of kind of started to come in right um you know doing we were we were talking about this earlier we lived in a house that was only heated by uh wood stove so um yeah in the i remember even in the middle of the night at 2 a.m you'd have to stock the, stock the <laughs> stove heat it up so i had chores cutting wood uh, things like that that uh, kind of made me um unafraid to kind of get my hands dirty and get, right. get into it and learn and all that and uh, and, and at the same time i um Although my father wasn't around at the time, I still spent uh, many weekends um, with my grandparents, and um, my grandfather was was definitely an inspiration behind um, um, seeing seeing the world differently, um, finding problems, looking for ways to solve them, uh, building solutions. And uh, he, I never really got to n- know him as an. Ad- Adult uh, as well as maybe I hoped, but um, from what I gathered, he he uh, he was a designer, industrial designer, and uh, invented a lot of interesting things. But um, I never was experienced that side of his life. But um, in his home, he uh, he we were always working together, building things and all that. So that that mentality of creating and designing and all all that really started a lot, you know, in only only I'm only now thinking thinking about these things right. now that you're here asking. Um, but it's uh it it definitely started it definitely sparked something in me to look at the world in a in a way that um you know in that in that in that way.
0: Um can I just get you to put the mic directly in front of you? The I'm noise sure. gate is, yeah, is chopping up out, out, yeah the compressor there you go. <laughs> you have a very similar story to me in terms of like single mother, um, the grandparents being a casting a very lovely shadow over my life and being help, help raise me being maternal and paternal as well as my mom at the same time. Um, and then giving you a taste for entrepreneurship, creativity, fearlessness, doing all that stuff. Uh, you, you moved around m- more than an army brat did.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny. Cause it's just like, all within a region. That's insane. Wait, can, I, can
0: I ask what the reason for that was? I mean, you don't have to get into it. I don't know. if I'm
1: going to have to ask my mom.
0: Okay. I <laughs> oh, you, That never came up.
1: No, not really. I just, uh, we, we moved a lot. I don't, I don't know what caused the moves. Interesting. But we moved a lot.
0: Did, it, did that torment you or did you just get used to it and just roll roll on? You
1: kind of, I don't know, you get used to it. And it was when you're surrounded by kids who've never moved in there ever, ever in their life, parents still together. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's this funny, you recognize you're different. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Um, oh, and they're like, <laughs> my mom really, really made it um, <laughs> enjoyable having to explain this to my friends. So, moved a lot and single parent um yeah living in a house with heated by wood uh no television so when we were and I was in a French immersion school and you'd get assigned things like watch a french tv show right. and tell us about it nope I'd be like uh I, I,
0: I can't i can read the back of I a can't. chip bag like, in the french
1: yeah and you're trying to secretly tell the teacher i'm like i don't have a TV. <laughs> and you don't want the kids to know cuz you know Nintendo's cool and yeah. yeah all these things so um, I lived a funny life so I got used to I got okay with being different
0: <laughs> you, you know as a parent you you worry that certain types of uh, you, you don't want it's weird you you know hardship and awkward seasons in your life shape you and make you strong and yeah. you can't avoid that and you can't be a helicopter parent but at the same time you don't wish that for your child and when you're going through it you're like this sucks yeah i'm a freak i'm this and that and yet it built you and now it's a story and it ended and here you are but
1: yeah for whatever reason like i carried it in a way that i didn't let it kind of um define me in a way that like brought on bullying or anything like that i kind of just i didn't let it be a vulnerability and I don't know why I didn't. Right. I just didn't, and so it never became like a reason to be picked on or anything. I just kind of wouldn't. Good wouldn't for have you. It. <laughs> but, Good for you. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know why that is. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting uh, uh, vegan.
0: Your mu- you were raised vegan. Yeah, for like eight years. I need to get your mom on the show. That's ins- what an interest was
1: way, dude. It,
0: was, it wasn't cool back then, man. No, she's <laughs> like that was way ahead of the pack.
1: Yeah, so it it was interesting. Um, wow. Yeah, we had. We, I remember we had. They were like, su- she was super into juicing, mm-hmm. and we had she we we had a spare bedroom with a bathroom in that we didn't we didn't use. So the um, the bathtub would be full of bags of carrots and, <laughs> and produce because there was nowhere to put it. But yeah, all these things that like people do now we were doing back then, and it wasn't cool, and that's actually like how i my first dose of Hamilton was back then because it was the only place you could go find like vegetarian vegan restaurants.
0: Let's unpack this, so you moved like twenty times single parent French immersion grew up in a wood burning stove, heated <laughs> home with no power
1: at least for part of, for a few. Yeah, handful of years
0: and uh oh, I felt a lot longer than that and you had a vegan experience as a oh, child yeah wow yeah you um
1: so gave me some I had a tough skin by uh,
0: sure by 10 so yeah. it's weird like I'm 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 getting to know you I've only gotten to know you a little bit better than the people that are going to get to know you tonight listening to this episode but it's been wonderful up to this point and one of the the, the takeaways that I've I've noticed with you, you remind me of a, of a, a lot of a close friend of mine, but there seem, there's a wisdom on you and, and you seem to um, count your words before you say them. And you, you, you have a measured temperament about about yourself. I don't know if that's a conscious thing or if that's just who you are or what, but I guess the two questions, is that a conscious thing? And number part B was that part of your personality tempered through those strange challenges growing up? Those social constructs that you were forced to...
1: Yeah, I mean, it would... it Again, it's hard to say where, what caused what, or where it came from, but uh, definitely, definitely made me more of an observer. Right. Um, not not wanting to be the center of attention. That's for sure. Gotcha. Um, so for that reason, yeah, I just, uh, you get, get onto the, you bring up the right subject matter and I'll, I can talk you off.
0: Right, right, right. But which is cool that, that I mean, it, it's the upfront experience when you're getting to know someone is, is, is you're, you're trying to map a road roadmap, like learning them, but the payoff is when you, when you hit that sweet spot, it's like, Oh, there they are. There's that thing that opens them up. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So before we go too far down this road, I want to, I want to start creating a construct of, of who it is that you are and what you do. So why don't we, why don't we talk about right now today, what you do. And this is partly why you're here because you, because you do, a lot. So why don't you choose what you want to talk about in terms of let's, let's go with the titles that you're involved Mm. with.
1: Um, on, on a daily, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm definitely a dad. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. We've got a, got a four year old and a 16 month old at home. So, um, you know, working from home, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of whether it's deliberate or not, a lot of, a lot of dad time, which is great. And, and, uh, and then um, professionally, there's sort of, I'd say, two major parts to my, my day my life. Um, I, I am what I would call a fractional CMO, which is essentially um, offering part-time marketing leadership to companies. Um, for those who can't justify um, having full-time leadership, I come in um, to help steer the marketing ship uh, so we do. I do that for a handful of brands, um, and and then the other thing uh, I've been dabbling in, which is doesn't feel like dabbling anymore, uh, was the r- real estate side um, and uh, short term rentals.
0: And that's where I first learned about Bellwether. Yeah, and that's the name that's the given name you've given to your beautiful property in Hamilton. And blind Bellwether is what you're you've allocated to the name of the speakeasy. Mm -hmm. And then what do you, you have another property out in that you just launched in Fort Dover. What are you calling that? That one's a swell house. Swell house. It's so funny. You get, you, you, you hop on someone's story and you identify them with that thing, but it's actually a side hustle Mm -hmm. for them. And that, but that's your reality of them. And that's just so funny. So, it's, it's not side else anymore. No. It's, it, it felt,
1: so we, we bought this property in 2018. So for the past few years, we've been just uh, playing with this property. Yeah. And then building out this space at the back. Um, but then in the past, whatever, eight months, we acquired two other properties, mm-hmm. uh, two multi-unit properties. So oh. went from what was a, kind of a two-unit little side project, and now we're at Ale. You know, when you start to add in the accessory spaces, we're now managing
0: almost eight units. You're, you're crazy, man. So, so for the uninitiated, so can I say where it is? Yeah.
1: I mean, the secret's fun. Okay. So but it's, it's not we're, really going to serve me business-wise. if you don't know.
0: <laughs> We're we're in the North end and it's, it's a, literally a stone's throw from where I live and, uh, off park street. I'll just say that. Um, it's in the park street Barton area. Uh, this is a building or a home. I guess, what, what would you say? It's like a century townhome originally? Yeah, it's an
1: 1800s um, Italian style. Yeah, it looks like something Townhouse.
0: you would see in, in uh, Venice or Paris, France. And and it was always, growing up, it was always run down. But I was always intrigued by it. I'm like, that's actually a beautiful building, but it looks like shit. Until it didn't. And I'm like, what's happening? And then I saw and found out about Bellwether. I'm like, man someone finally did something. So first of all, kudos and thank you as a Hamiltonian seeing I'm 44, 40 years of my life. It's looked like a dump. It doesn't anymore. And now we're sitting in the back end of it in this wicked speakeasy. So that is, is a small little legacy thing that you helped be a part of transforming a literally a cornerstone location from ugly to beautiful.
1: It's fun. I mean, it's, um, it's such a high traffic spot, yeah. right? So you say, Oh, that long white building. Everyone
0: knows it. It's very cool, man. It's it's uh it's stunning and what you've done. And I'm looking for I'm actually honored to be able to do some food for your wife's birthday party and I can't wait to like do some damage in there and do some cooking. Oh no, we're we're so pumped. Awesome. Okay, but that's not it though. You you mentioned to me so you do photography as well. Yeah, I mean
1: there's um there's a long list of things that brought me to where I'm at today,
0: uh, such as yeah. Okay, well, so let me let me just back engineered to the to the initial thing that kind of blew my mind was that you went to New York mm-hmm. to study. I'm gonna get this wrong. Why don't you tell me what you studied?
1: Uh, the menswear design and tailoring. Did you finish that course? Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> I so have a degree, sir. You're so casual. So about I, all uh, this
0: stuff. So what, what is the degree when, called?
1: Um, it would be, it be, it's an associate degree in menswear design or maybe it's just menswear from what school, uh, the fashion Institute of technology, FIT. I don't get it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, okay. There's, there's an explanation. Yeah, please help me <laughs> how I got there. And it's funny too. Cause if I ever have to like share my, you know, do you have a degree? It's like, yes. What is it? You're like,
0: huh? Relevant. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but relevant. Um, I, I moved back to the area and, um, I think I have just from day one, never, ever been felt employable. And would just do anything to like earn money on my own terms and not working for
0: somebody. Why is that? Um social anxiety?
1: No, I I just I think it's
0: uh I'm the same way. I think
1: it's a I just don't as soon as I as soon as I understand the job mm-hmm. I'm out. Hmm. I'm not understanding more. And, and generally when you work for somebody, once you understand the job, well, guess what? It's not really changing.
0: So you have an appetite for learning constantly.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, it's pretty, it's, it's problematic.
0: So you are highly unemployable. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I don't,
1: and I just do not like, I'm, I don't know. The, I have just never, there's this been this authoritative bug that's like I just don't deal you're, with You're a little, bit, well. rebe- a little like, bit rebellious like me too. Oh man. Oh man, we're the same person. I don't like that. having a boss. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I've all like I mean, reality is just, sorry to break it to you, you're going to have a boss like my clients are my boss. Sure. Yeah, But yeah. like I've always just wanted to do things my own way, on my own terms and I don't know, like I've tried to work in corporate s- situations and it just never worked out. So anyway, I just always trying to do my own thing, started many of my own little businesses. Could list them off. There are, there's even more random stories, but um, of businesses I attempted to start. Um, but started screen printing, so that was sort of the intro into like apparel, buying apparel, wholesaling apparel. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: How old well were you doing that? Uh, early twenties. I wanted to do the same thing, but I didn't have the the uh, discipline or the follow through to actually do that.
1: Mm-hmm. That was my first. I learned a lot in that business. I had a partner. I, I incorporated the business. I Had a shareholders agreement. Did the whole thing. Wow. Partner felt like partner didn't hold up there in the bargain, and I got in my early twenties got to experience what's it like to mm-hmm. deal with a company and a partner who doesn't isn't fulfilling their duties. Mm-hmm. Um, so at a, at a fairly young age, I was understanding how to incorporate a business and the shareholder side of things, which was interesting because. I didn't, I don't know, you do these things and you don't really know what you're gonna take away from it in the long term. But looking back, it's like, I deal with that a lot now. And that was definitely where I first started to understand how all that works. Um, But anyway, I I got into the apparel world. Uh, Printing on things was cool. Um, I wasn't the graphic designer, so we were um, commissioning that kind of stuff. So it was just more, I don't know, managing. Talk about sweat. You know, you're in a hot yeah. room. My uncle does tees, it. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I really just really wanted to, I was like, ah, this is fun, but I would love to design the shirt. I would right. love to create the shirt from scratch. I don't want it to depend on a graphic. I want to create the actual garment. And it literally just was that, wanting to do that, um, pushed me to do some research on where do you learn to do that? cool man so
0: let me um, how, how hard
1: was it to get in pretty hard um so you end up looking at fashion design right uh but i was like and so you end up uh there's a couple of schools in toronto that offer a fashion design program and all that and i'm looking into them talking to people there and it's all women's wear it's all drapery it's right. all all that stuff it's all designing women's clothing and i'm like that's not really what i'm into mm-hmm. i uh I definitely want to I would definitely want to lean
0: towards menswear. Um why and, is that? You Like the lines better? Like what what is it about?
1: Uh, just personal, right? If I'm yeah. going to make if I'm going to design something I want to be able to wear.
0: Sure. Okay. Uh, that's pretty that's much That's it. more than fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Right? Um and so I like there's no option. Like one menswear program comes up in like North America and hmm. it's the one offered at FIT in New York. Crazy. And I was like, well, I'm going to go in there. Brooklyn? Uh, no, it's, uh, in Chelsea. Sure. And so <clears throat> I, apl- I, I don't know. I, I figured out what I need to apply. Like, well, you gotta, um, you gotta send in a portfolio, you know, figure drawing, all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know how to draw. Mm. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, early YouTubing and things like that, figuring out how to do fashion drawing, drawing some ideas, figuring it out. Um, and,
0: uh, See, well, hold on. So, the, the hard part with you is you glaze over really monumental things. So, I have to dissect and, okay. and force you yeah, yeah, yeah. to uh, to sell yourself a bit more because I need to unpack more. So, like you basically had to learn a skill set just to be looked at, yeah, so, to be considered. So, so how long did that take? Um. I didn't have much
1: time because like you can't were, just start drawing. Like, you got to get your application in now. Like yeah. otherwise you got to wait another year. And I'm like, I can't wait another year. Right. Um, so I like last minute in this whole thing. Wow. Um, it worked. It worked. So, um, the, the women's wear program is obviously m- massive. So like mm-hmm. the, the amount of, um, students, teachers, and everything—it's just like that program is way bigger than the menswear program. Um, but the 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 amount of people that are accepted or that are accepted is sort of uh, kind of similar in terms of um, ratios based on who how many applied. So the menswear program gets way less applicants, but they only accept thirty students. Wow! So it was a long shot. Good for you. Um, Three-year course. So yeah, I, uh, did you I, enjoy I, it? I, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I really did. I was a little, um, I don't know, it would have been 24, 25. So it's like, I'd actually already gone to school when I was right out of high school, high school, I went to school for recording engineering.
0: And, okay. So that's another thing. And so <laughs> that's amazing. Like that I dropped out of, okay. I got
1: like, I got like maybe part way into it in and, and I don't know, maybe I yeah. can't remember most of the way through the first year or something and i just was like school is just not for me i just wasn't focused yeah and so i dropped out moved out west and then came back and that's when the t-shirt thing started happening and i just sort of convinced myself school isn't for me so going to new york was also super scary because i'm like what if i'm just like destined to suck at education right right and um and i screw it up after all this effort to come out here yeah um but i found that the the age Few little, few years, yeah, being nineteen to like twenty four, definitely made a big difference. Way more focused, um, and I just like crushed it out there.
0: How much did you love New York? Um, a lot. Did New York change you? Yeah, for sure. I would do anything to live there.
1: Yeah, so we was there for three or four years. Because
0: uh, after when you
1: finish the degree there, you, you're allowed to have, you're allowed to. Uh, they give you like a an extension to work. Cool. So I got an internship at Mark Jacobs. Really? And worked there, you know, for a bit. But again, still had the trouble with the boss thing.
0: You're just, <laughs> you're just an entrepreneur. Like, it's just, there's no way around it. Like, my yeah. whole family, I think one person I know of, like an uncle, one uncle, maybe works for somebody. Everybody owns something. Yeah. That's all I know.
1: Yeah, same. So my mom runs her own business. My, my stepdad runs his own business. I, I've just been surrounded by people running their own companies. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just been the way and man you work way harder but it's it's like on your own terms and it's yours it's your thing yeah and you know and i've been just non-stop trying to find my thing like and i just keep trying some stuff i just keep going and, and i don't really worry about it and the education i got there um although is not specific to what I do today. There's so much I took from that. One hundred percent, and just even the design process and the and the, the idea of taking an idea, mm-hmm. turning into a tangible real thing.
0: I mean, we're sitting in a, in in an element of design that came out of your mind. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah. So one, yeah. I think the takeaway for this episode is to celebrate the varied and nuanced experiences of life meaning there's a I think there's a there's a lot of people that have there's an element of terror and a perspective of disorganization and recklessness about building and then building something else and then building again and then having a patchwork of things you've built um I do it you do it um, and I think that's kind of it is really, I just wanted to talk to somebody who's doing a lot of different things really well. And, but, but there's, there's a,
1: also a lot that's not well, sure. You know, and it's,
0: but and that's a that's, given, right. But there's a through line though. There's the, the through line is passion, creativity and, mm-hmm. and building something special. Mm-hmm. That's the legacy. So that's really the point of this, but yeah. Um, so New York. Uh, i go back.
1: Yeah. I always wonder if I could fit
0: back into a small little, shoebox apartment if if my wife would allow me uh, and and yeah. not allow me but like if, if she wouldn't have been miserable at the idea of doing it i'd move to either nashville or new york
1: yeah i think yeah I, I would love to do it
0: i'd love to go back what is what is godspeed co
1: that um yeah so that is probably the last um, kind of clothing related thing that i've i'm still i've been hanging on to since living in new york so um, Godspeed Co. is a, a small brand that um, we created while, while down in New York um, that focuses on American-made goods and American-made uh, story. Um, I was connected with a young guy um, down there who wanted to create a, a shirt using uh, the red shop rag material. Ha. Huh. So the, the rags you see in mechanic shops. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of had an interest in motorcycles, so I, I did down there. I, there was lots of kind of motorcycle-related events and communities that we'd, I'd kind of join and be a part of. And um, I was told through Grapevine, hey, there's this guy that wants to make a shirt out of the red shop rag material. And you're like the only guy we can think of who knows how to make a men's shirt. Hmm. So- um, I got connected with him. I thought the idea was fun. I thought it was different. I think, especially in menswear, your silhouettes, your cuts, your types of garments—they're all the same. We're just bringing a new fabric, right? A new color, we're adding a line, whatever. But the general idea is like the same. So I was like interested in in a in a an idea that felt kind of yeah. unique and fresh. That's cool. Um, and had this nostalgia because when you talk about it, red shop rags—it just brings back memories for
0: people. Absolutely. Right. Yeah smell of that. I can smell the, the garage when I'm thinking about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So we're like, Oh, what a fun, what a fun idea. And it was just a product. He had an Instagram account called Godspeed Co. Hmm. and he, cruising around New York. You saw, he saw, he, you know, lots of great custom bikes, cafe racers, things like that. Um, whenever you'd see a cool bike, he'd post on this Instagram account, built a huge following of like, like the bikes of New York kind of thing. Awesome. And, uh, he, uh, do you know, you know Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I do actually.
1: Kind of the social media guru kind of guy. Um, he
0: Gary V. Gary I know him more as uh, I know him more as Gary V than yeah. I do his full name. So yes, yeah. So uh,
1: Chris, he he was sort of in the process of uh,
0: starting to work with him. So
1: we were sort of seeing the power of social media and the idea of like building an audience and then bringing a product wow. to that audience. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the original Godspeed Co concept was. Let's build an audience through content, providing value, just like having fun. And uh, at some point, we'll find a product that will fit this audience and that they'll love. And so, uh, yeah, we—I uh, love the idea. We, I helped design the original prototype of that shirt, and uh, and I was like, I'm in. I'm like, I? it was kind of one of those things. He thought he was paying me to make a shirt for him, but I was like, no, no I'm, man, I'm in. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we've been kind of partners on it since. And I think the big the big thing there has been to tell stories of American made goods. Very cool. And um, and talk about how hard it is to make American made products. The the story would be very similar here. Um, and uh, and really supporting your local kind of makers and communities. So since then, we've sort of expanded into other products. Um, and now we're kind of. It's not just apparel. It's sort of seeking out interesting stories, and in, the, cool. and in the U.S., it's like, man, there's like these old towns in in New York State, Ohio, mm. things who they each you know these towns specialized in things, plot pottery or you know milling, fabric manufacturing, Um, and it's like finding these towns, finding these makers in these places, and working with them to create something under our brand. That's um, amazing. While still. Really highlighting them, putting them in the spotlight, and telling their story.
0: I love that. Uh, I can't help but think that you would have a gold mine in Buffalo, New York, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Detroit. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean that that right there is is a whole podcast, and that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of my whole point, right? So, um, which is pretty wild. And so, you guys are sourcing quality products. How are people getting their hands on this? They order everything offline.
1: Yeah, it's on Godspeed Co.
0: And it's so, it's like a marketplace, then you just order.
1: Yeah, it's our, cool. our little, it's a small, it's a small brand. We only have, we only have a few products up there right now. Very cool. Um, it's, um, for us, it's more of a passion thing. So we're all, we are, we're all, everyone involved, they're just, we all have day jobs. Mm. How many, <laughs> creatives. how many
0: people are? There's three of us in okay. it.
1: Um, we're all creatives, creative directors, art directors, me doing whatever, my my title changes. Yeah um so yeah it's uh it's been a fun thing it's been fun to because honestly like you go to we did a mug we did like the best coffee mug ever and um you know these 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 manufacturers don't necessarily have the best design sense but they have like these amazing products mm-hmm. and the bones of them are amazing so we as you know graphic designers and all these come in with ideas and concepts we're like let's like let's do the god co mug using your archival mold and your story and all the things that makes your mugs great, but we're going to kind of spice it up a bit.
0: Just the way you're describing it. I'm, I'm so intrigued by the mission statement of Godspeed. I I didn't know that it was all about that. I love that you're curating an American story. Yeah. I, bygone era of manufacturing and the fact that, that you uttered the word making something in America is challenging. Like when, when did we get here? Mm -hmm. I'd say it's like now more relevant
1: than ever. You're like, you're like, wow. Like I can't believe, I don't know when, when we're having all these import challenges, Mm -hmm. knowing that there's these dead towns, who made everything we're looking for. Yeah. At one point, they were all made there. Yeah.
0: I mean, Hamilton's one of them. Yeah. And then Detroit is the most glaring, explicit, terrifying example of the far-reaching extreme of that yeah. pendulum. What, What drives you? Because there's no shortage of, I know from the the limit limited time I've spent with you that there's, there's likely no shortage of opportunities for you to tie into something, but you say no to things and you say yes to things. What are the things, what are the markers of, of those things that come to you where you're like, yes, I'll give you what I've got. What makes you sign off on something?
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: What drives me? I feel like
1: this is me. I don't. I don't sit down to
0: think. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, I but what drives me is I love the idea that something doesn't exist until I breathe life on it, mm-hmm. and I talk to one person, and then it turns into five people, and then a business card gets made, and then an, and, and then it, uh, it, it, something from nothing, and it being hard. Mm-hmm. That's part of it for me making something that doesn't exist that I want to see exist, but you're not me. I'm trying to figure out like, of course there's possibility and potential. You see things that doesn't don't exist, but I'm trying to figure out what, what your drivers are.
1: I don't know what drives me to do what I do. I just, I can't help myself though. It's like, you see a problem or you see like that could be solved. And I shouldn't be doing that because so, I don't have time, but I'm gonna go do it anyway. So
0: does it so does it does it come from a place of seeing a need and wanting to fill a need and then it and it just kind of works out? Yeah. Is I it mean, less artistic and more like fundamental problem solving? Maybe. So you're more so you're a mathematician kind of, like you're an engineer. Which is what your grandfather did. You told me that your your father was a was yeah, a Yeah. Tech- it's,
1: um Yeah. I mean definitely more on the on the creative side, but it's like, I think I've maybe fallen into that, but yeah, I mean, you know, Emily, my wife, she'll just lots of eye rolling. Cause I'll come. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's haunting you I'll right now. In, yeah. I'm just imagining your face right now. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's you, you, I see a problem in a, in, in a market, in a whatever, or I'm like, Hey, I could, I could, I could create that service and, solve that and i get caught into solving problems um and i think it's been constantly just doing that um has led me to finally find things that like i'm having to um make this make i make big make decisions on is this the thing i want to really focus on because i think at the end of the day i think the problem is is and where I've on where where I've failed, it, I've failed. I've, it's been a failure at the same time. Like doing so much, mm-hmm. you don't, you can't succeed. Yeah, and so it's. I'm now. I've tried so many different things. It's now kind of hitting that wall where you're like, you gotta pick something.
0: Yeah. Another unfair question I want to ask you: Do you say yes to these things because you have a big heart, or because you have you're addicted to? the challenge of something or is it both?
1: Uh, it's both. I mean, I, I have a hard time saying no to people.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to help, Yeah, especially if I
1: see, and I think I'm and through learning through failure, I'm learning to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm learning like, wow, you know, shouldn't have put my money in that. Um, and so it's like, it's kind of learning through doing, but, um, I generally, always will take something away from everything, and I'll be like, "That was good." I find go. always I'll find the value. sure take I'll, away, I'll, but that was, a good, that was I, good. I, I get, get
0: that. I get in shit all the time because I say a well-meaning yes, but I, I I have this quote that I've created that I'm a complete full of shit hypocrite that I don't live by, <laughs> but I'm proud of the quote because one day I will, <laughs> and, and it, it goes something like this: uh, a well-placed no is better than ten yeses. For sure. And uh, I have yet to actually do that. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's power in knowing, I know, knowing your limits. I know the
1: theory of yeah. what I should do. Yeah. Do I actually follow through? No. I say yes to too much. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting to say no. But I think I've recently, I really, I get caught up in my own world a lot. And I can see how easily I'll miss mm-hmm. so much at home. Mm. And I, I'm, I can every day catch myself not paying as much attention to home because I'm caught in my mind's
0: just you're driven
1: racing yeah and you know those first five seven years of your, your little humans' lives it's, um, it's everything you don't get them back yeah and and I'm constantly like I said and when we originally started like constantly comparing what my childhood was like and what theirs could be like
0: do you feel like you're doing when a good I'm job?
1: Up, I'm constantly battling to not have any anything kind of resemble right the absenceness that I like kind of experienced. How's that going? I think it's I think it's overall good.
0: Good. Um,
1: oh, very good.
0: Would Emily agree? I think so. This Emily I've not met yet, but I'm cooking for her soon. You will.
1: <laughs> um, she is. Yeah. She. Yeah. Talk about better half.
0: Yeah, why don't, yeah, you, why don't you tell wins. me if you're okay with it? Why don't you tell me about your wife and how you guys met, and just kind of kind of shed some light on that other significant side of your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, all these stories. She was there the whole time. Oh, that's by cool. Way. Cool. Um, so uh, we knew each other in high school. Uh, we started dating out of high school, a year or two out of high school, um, and uh, yeah, we. It was like it's one of those things. It was like. Uh, the summer before college story. Emily's going to college, and we finally like,
0: this summer. This? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? And so it's like, you know, this will just be fun for the summer, and then right. we'll never see each other again kind of thing. And summer ended, and we're like, ah, oh, what the hell? Let's stick this out. So she was going to Ottawa U. Okay. And, uh, and I was sticking around brilliant printing tees. And, uh, yeah, we give it a shot. So every weekend, every other weekend, I was just road tripping out to Ottawa. And then on our la- in our last year of university, I'm like, I'm thinking about going to New York.
0: Really? How do you feel about that?
1: And um, we never got in each other's way. And It's, it's uh, been a never-ending summer. Yeah, man. So we spent almost probably f- or six years of our really first six years of relationship long distance.
0: Wow. Yeah. And that's probably why you'll make it. Yeah, I'd say so. You and- know, it's cool. Sorry, I'm to cut you off. I, 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 <clears throat> we have a similar story. Um, one of the greatest things about my wife, and it's sounding like your wife is very similar. Uh, she believes in me. She champions me. And even when she wanted to panic, she didn't. And she stood by me because there's been some pretty hard swings. Um, but she knew ultimately that I'd find my true north and that I would land and that whatever I had decided to build, it would work. And like you said, she never got in my way. In fact, now she partners with me on all on all those things. That is, uh, that's worth a million bucks. Yeah, man. Because um, a lot of people would be like, no, you're reckless. Yeah, I mean... In hindsight, you're like, wow. Yeah.
1: You're like, you, even if the worst I got was an eye roll, like, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, I, my brain doesn't shut off. Like, I couldn't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I couldn't handle that being on the other side of that. Um, Shout out Emily. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, uh, she's very involved in this rental stuff. So, cool. Squall well, House um, in Dover is, um, you know, beautiful and that's all thanks to her. Um, this more rustic wild space is my brain. More of a masculine <laughs> slant. <laughs> kind of obvious, but um yeah, no, she uh, and she's sort of really taking the the lead in this business to Right on. Which has been great. because um, she's she's a nurse. She's um she's got a very um you know solid head on her shoulders. Thinks things yes. through. Yes. Things very, very analytical, planned, organized, everything I'm not. So it's, it's great. Um, so it's also been fun to push her to be entre- entrepreneurial to kind of take her out it. Cause she's like, uh, yeah. like I, it's like she wants this. She yeah. wants to like the idea of creativity and being in a creative industry. And it's like, there's that want, but then there's this massive fear. And it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, just like no brainer yeah. or, Hey, this person looks, this person seems neat. I'm just going to like reach out and say, Hey, to me, that just seems like normal.
0: I feel like you did that with me. Yeah. You, you definitely took the lead on, on this thing. You were like, Hey, I'm going to come by. I'm like, I'd like to meet you. Right on. You
1: got your coffee shop. I'm going to come say hi. Cool. Um, you know, I don't realize that that's just not, and it's funny cause I'm not a, um, outgoing person yeah but i'm not afraid to reach out that's cool um and and you know whereas you know she's not like that and she's um she thinks things through and thinks and, and, and it's great but it's been fun also to sort of push her into my world
0: there's that proverbial marriage crossover where the spouse so like my spouse she'll start to take on a little bit of my recklessness and, and have the courage to go oh, fuck it, let's do it and I'm learning how to like not spend all my money on a guitar <laughs> and do stupid shit, right? So um, have you heard the analogy of, of the elephant and the rider? <clears throat> but the idea is is that one is the elephant that has the, the force and the power and the ideas and the, the the creative and the rider has the order and the organization and the categorical precepts and together they don't fall into a ditch. They go exactly where they're supposed to go. So I'm the elephant. My wife is the rider. She knows, she puts to flight my idea. Without her, it'd be a lot of hot air or a really good strong start and then something would <laughs> yeah. close, right? So it sounds yeah. to me like we have a very similar paradigm that way and thank God for that, right? Yeah. And I made I made the assertion after a couple of failed <coughs> personal relationships that, excuse me, came into business. I'm like, you know what? there may be other people involved, but ultimately the core of all future business ventures are never going to be anyone other than my wife. Yeah. Cause no one will ever love me as much as her. Yeah. Tell me the truth as much as her and champion me as much as her. And there won't be anybody else. who will be more afraid to let down than her for sure. So that's my electric fence with business.
1: Talk about what drives me. That's one of them.
0: Yeah. Emily, I think we're going to be friends. You actually, our wives know each other kind of actually in some strange way through, through business. So I often think about this, like I, I have a, I'm a musician. I I have, you know, recorded works and then I have a song that I wrote for my wife called madly and my son, both my kids love the song, but my son, especially when he hears it, he kind of like tears up and he gets really emotional. And I know that when I'm gone, that's going to be a very special touch point for them. And you can even hear myself breathe in between stanzas of me singing. That's going to be special. And I know that's going to be in the hallway of memories of dad. That's, that's a big takeaway. I'm curious if you know that, that legacy concept, if your children were to walk through all of your accomplishments, what do you think that they would say, you know, of all the things dad has done, this is this is the most dad.
1: Man. Um I don't know, this is this is definitely something I think about.
0: You do think about?
1: For sure. Cool. Um I didn't I haven't written any songs. I play let it go on the guitar for them. Though.
0: Nice. Yeah. You, that's more than I do. Oh yeah. I don't know any let it go songs her. On. Frozen? One Frozen. <laughs> All right. Challenge we just up. talked
1: about this. Or uh, Emily just took a video of Joe tonight um, about that. Like, what songs do you love mm. that Dad sings for you? <laughs> Let it go. She's like, really? Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: no, <that's laughs> Anything the, else? Yeah. That's tough to beat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I do think about that. Um, you know, it's especially like going through experiencing deaths. We've experienced a handful this year, and mm-hmm. it's like you start to think about what these people leave behind and, and what you're going to leave behind. Um, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a work in progress for me. Um,
0: it's not an easy question to answer. Yeah. It's unfair. It's an unfair question, especially to put you on the spot. But I mean, I, I, I live there in my mind now. I,
1: like spaces are important to me. Yeah. Um, places. Um, I don't think I'm working on a space or in a place for them, mm-hmm. but um, I like to think that that will be one of it. One yep, of them, yep. I, you know, I did have a stretch in photography. So there's, um, there's books and magazines and all kinds of things with publications, which is nice. I think it's kind of fun to have archived, um, as sort of evidence that I was kind of cool.
0: I was here. <laughs> yeah, dad was
1: here. <laughs> uh, it's cool to have that stuff, right? Like to almost be a part of. You know, nothing significant, but like you were documented. Yeah. I think that's kind of neat.
0: And I'm, I'm very sentimental and, and, uh, pack ratty when it comes to, like, I have a collection of outfits that my, that are so Sam and Layla that I can never give away. Yeah. They're in a drawer. Yeah. So, yeah, I I asked that question because I remember, you know, smells and nuances and, and, you know, um, it's funny. I worked years with my uncle Joe on the construction site on a roof against my will being a slave <laughs> and just like having to like endure oh, yeah. construction sites. And he would always listen to 1150 CKOC AM music. And I fucking hated it. Just the sound that <laughs> the tinniness of it and just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, stop. But I love it now. Yeah. There's a charm to it. And, and my daughter Layla can't stand it when i watch cooking shows because i'm a chef i said "Layla, one day you're just gonna play these in the background because it's gonna remind you of Daddy." she's like no (laughs) no i'm just just four i'm giving her really big large (laughs) concepts but i'm like i'm saying it out loud even for myself i'm like wow this is one of those things that you think you hate but it ends up becoming that for sure isn't that so funny just those things
1: yeah it is it's funny i uh yeah, it's I think about how how is this all going to be remembered, right. yeah, even in the littlest things, in the littlest ways. Um, you know, we have we're for I mean, I don't know fortunate, I guess, uh, that we can kind of remember anything now. we can just scroll back to it. yeah, them. yeah. but um, yeah, I think about those memories. again, it's like I just uh, I don't have a ton with for my dad. So it is a constant um, little voice in my head about um, kind of what what lasting memories I'll have. And again, it's like my parents separated when I was like two, mm-hmm. so even my kid being four, I'm like, man, that's more time than I have with my dad. You you
0: you you beat you beat the curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you wonder like
1: school, family. You wonder what. Good or bad, you're going to carry mm. with you into your, you know, into your adulthood and things. And I was afraid of school, and uh, and it just turns out it wasn't the right time. And then, yeah, as a parent, it's scary. You're like, well, like I, my parents didn't succeed, and what's going to happen? Is you
0: know, isn't it great so. that the direction this conversation is is yeah. <laughs> yeah, get two dads in a room.
1: Yeah, dads dadding it.
0: Yeah. That's another thing. I'm a dad. I'm still like, I joke, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of half serious. Like I'm still getting over the fact that I, someone married me. Cause that was, he was single forever <laughs> and now I have kids and I'm like, this is, you know, I'm walking Whoa. on the water right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. Why point? Why? Uh, let's do a quantum leap here. Uh, so Hamilton is where you kind of cut your teeth on the whole real estate Mm-hmm. Turning something ugly into something special. Um, what led you to Port Dover? Um, there. Well,
1: Hamilton's expensive
0: now. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? I bought my first house in Hamilton uh, before New York uh, for one hundred and sixty grand. Yeah. Flipped it. Used that money to buy my way to New York. Um. But uh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hamilton. I. I wanted. Uh. I learned a lot about how to borrow money. So I, I I was under the impression that I had to save more money to buy another house. And I then realized that um, people who are wealthy don't use their own money. They use other people's money. Yeah, right. Um, and so, again, went on my little learning mission to learn all about taxes and real estate and borrowing money and lending. And, and it just led me to a conversation, which was so simple, where someone was like, you realize that if you treat the house like a business and it cash flows, mm-hmm. someone may give you the money mm. if you look at like a business. Mm. And they won't care about you personally, they'll just look at the property as a, a revenue.
0: Right. Stream. I was like, What? How old were you? Twenty
1: two? No, no, this is <laughs> this is like three years ago, last week. Yeah, it was like last week. I was like, what? Like someone just give you my yeah. anyway. It's not that simple, but it's in in theory it is. It's like if you look at a, a multi unit building that can cash flow, mm-hmm. um, you can look at that like a its own little mini business, yep. and someone may lend you the money to do it. So I started to pursue because um, the first question was I could want real estate all day, but if I don't have the money, mm-hmm. I've got some problems, I'm not going to work out. So um, learned a lot about that world, how to borrow. And, um, and then I started to look at doing Hamilton short-term rentals. People come here for different reasons, right? Definitely not for your cottage weekend vacation. So it's more, um, purpose driven. There's a lot of curiosity from people in Toronto wanting to check out what's up in Hamilton. So we get a lot of people who are here for the weekend just to shoot the shit and just hang out. Mm -hmm. But then there's a lot of like hospital related things, um, student related parents, Of students, different things like that. We're looking for a nicer place to stay. Um, Hotels here don't really cut it. No, so um, you know, anyone looking to build a hotel, call me. Um, But I'd love to be involved. But yeah, the hotels here don't really cut it. So you know, they're looking for short-term rentals for that reason. However, so it's I've been wanting to find another destination that sort of leans a little more towards the um, vacation destination getaway but not fully um cottage country so something that i could uh, arguably call um a place that could be long-term rented but also could arguably be short-term uh for vacation rentals. so that led me to sort of these towns on lake erie Uh, i looked at a bunch of them and uh yeah it was uh it's kind of funny it just like works out there's no like If that property um, does really well and is worth a lot down the road, I'd be like, I knew it all along, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know it all along. Um, I think what happened was I started to look at these towns because I need to argue, I need to arguably justify it as potentially long-term or short-term rentals. A little more vacation drive than Hamilton has, Um, but when it comes to lending, short-term rentals are a massive challenge. Lenders don't want to lend to people who do short-term right, rentals. Right. So I needed to be able to arguably call it a long-term rental place. If I went for a cottage, they'd be like, no. Yeah. So I, I was kind of limited to where I could look. And I and this was like in the heat of the market. And I had literally just said, show me every semi, only semi listings that have been, that no one wants. Been on the market for 30, 60 days. And so I just, I was just like, I just, I'm not going to go fight for properties. Right. Um, so that's what it was came up there um cool little duplexy bungalow thing little fun little beach town beach house kind of looking thing and um, just needed work rotten floor just like but again it's like rotten roofs rotten floors things like that would scare the average person um because it's just I yeah I don't blame them they don't want to get into it but it, you know when you're sort of not afraid to figure it out um those are sort of like gold mines because you're going to go into a property that no one wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got under asking in like the peak of the market, and uh, and just dealt with it. And then by dealing with it, the equity went. We made our money back. Amazing. Uh, just by that. So fixing the problems, all of a sudden, the property is worth more. Never mind going in and doing our putting our own touch on it. Um, so yeah, it was sort of like Port Dover came up from a uh, as an option just for lending reasons right and then looking within these areas for kind of um the misfits and uh, and taking on the problems that no one else wants to take on and I mean it, it just does that you know and it is a problem um that we took on that we have to like deal with like the second unit should have been ready months ago. And we only launched it last week. So we've missed a whole season of revenue, mm-hmm. which is going to like create a uh, challenge going to the fall winter
0: in a yeah. seasonal area. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, that's things scary. We're there's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of risk, um, and, to try and, you know, chase those rewards, but it's also fun. And like, I think there's like, i just run the worst case scenarios. And for me, worst case is probably like not the same as others. <laughs> it's like, you know, the worst case, you know, may, may, may be really scared of someone else, but it's just like, whatever. Yeah.
0: You're a, uh, I mean, your superpower is that <clears throat> you'll do what a lot of people won't. And, uh, you're not afraid to play the long game and you, you, I think you kind of know eventually you will win.
1: Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean transparently it's not like it's been a it's been especially this year it's been hard like yeah. trying to scale and yeah. it's been tough and it's not there's a lot of unknowns the market's changed on us in the midst of us doing yeah making these investments which is really terrifying. Um but it's yeah, I think and yeah there's 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 nights and days where you're kind of in knots. But you kind of I don't know but then he comes back like yesterday Emily came down and brought me back to earth
0: right just said you know we're gonna figure this out kind of would, would you know what to do with yourself if you didn't have a problem to solve no yeah I don't know what I would do I like
1: I I, I fantasize about the idea of like oh you know just go live in a cabin and just like do nothing
0: but I just I don't that's all it, it is is a fantasy I don't think it'll
1: work <laughs> even like Costa Rica and all these places love going to them Mm. Would love to like spend a chunk of my time there, but forever. No. Yeah.
0: No problem. There's none of problems. You're 34, 35 accomplished a lot. My friend, you proud of what you've done.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we, I don't think we take enough time to sit back and like really um, appreciate Mm -hmm. what we've done. Um, so caught into the daily are you aware of what you've done i would say n- no
0: what do you think it'll take for you to to know the scope of the legacy you've built up to this point
1: yeah i mean i a question like when when do i get to say yeah i like i did something I'm, mm-hmm. like when 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 are you successful and i think that's like a problem is like, i don't think you ever especially if this is the way you live, it's like, you don't really ever feel like you are. Yeah. And I think I'm going to have to really take some serious, you know, reality checks and like find time to just appreciate what we've
0: done. I think something like this probably helps a guy like you, where you have an outside other than your wife and maybe some other choice voices that an outside objective perspective can help.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really talk about it. Yeah. I just kind of, my head's down. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I apologize if I'm stumbling at any point cause it's forcing me to think about things that
0: I never really have to think about. No, you, um, you've, you've, you've been great. Um, I've been, been through told it.
1: not to mumble. I'm a mumbler.
0: No, you've been I, good. I'm not mumbling. Honestly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I threw a lot of heady questions at you. So, um, one of the things I'm getting better at as a host is knowing when I have the essence of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we're close Um, and I don't want to milk it further than we need to. Um, Another unfair question. That's very similar to the last question, but let's, let's just, let's forget about looking arrogant and feeling stupid. You have a body of work. <clears throat> and they're all varied. What are you most proud of right now?
1: Most proud of, um, um I haven't really, again, I haven't really taken a moment to be proud. Um, I, I, I'm proud of, I'm proud of, I'm proud of what um, we accomplished. I think in in Dover, mm-hmm. because it um, it truly was kind of a from scratch concept. Mm-hmm. Emily was very very involved, which up until now hasn't been. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun to do something where it really felt like we did it together. Right up. And that's been cool, and I think people and it's like you were saying you know working with your wife it's uh some people just would say that I could never do that,
0: mm-hmm. and uh
1: I don't know i think I think it's the most fun ever, and
0: yeah. I like push her to quit her job every day. <laughs> some wives are easier than other wives, i mean it's not it's definitely not designed for every single person, but i I, I love working with my wife. if I were to ask Emily who you are, who would she say? You are depends on the day. <laughs> I don't know a good day.
1: Yeah, who I am? Uh, I don't know a, a yeah a dreamer. <laughs> a doer. I don't know. But would don't that? Know. Would
0: that's Would she? Well, so a dreamer would that have scared the crap out of an Emily 10 years ago? And she's caught up to you and she's, she's, she's good now and she sees the, the merit and value of that. I know that my dreaming can scare the crap out of my wife, but she's learning to trust it.
1: I don't, like, I mean, I've always been that way. Okay. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm going here, I'm right going there. I don't think it's anything new. And I think now the challenge has been to, now you have a family. It's not a joke anymore. You got to like figure out, what of whatever you're doing is actually going to work, mm. and uh, you can't just play around. Um, but I don't know, I think I don't know, you should ask her.
0: Maybe I will, maybe in between main course and, really, and Tiramisu, I'll ask her.
1: Yeah, I really, she loves Tiramisu. <laughs> um, I really don't, you know, and I think I'd say if like the takeaway for me in this conversation is that like, I definitely don't take enough time to um, think about what we've done, where we're going. Mm -hmm. Just be grateful. Um, Don't
0: do that. I would, I would say for someone who has no right to speak into your life, because I'm still just getting to know you, but I'm, I've been surrounded and am surrounded by driven people. My wife is one of them. Uh, My best friend is, sounds a lot like you've driven and a lot of older uncles and aunts driven. And the biggest takeaway was is like, yeah, you know, you can try to build a future so passionately for those you care about and still miss mm-hmm. those you care about. And that's like a ongoing fear. Yeah. It's like I'm
1: like obsessed with this and not even well-defined finish line. Yeah, right. And it's like... And I know I'm not, there's it's just, it's imaginary. It's the dangling carrot. yeah. And, and I know I'm like, I got to stop doing that because yeah. I'm missing today. Yeah. And it's like, it's a real battle because yeah. it's like, I want to keep pushing.
0: And the, the lie that it's irresponsible to stop and take it in. Yeah. John Lennon, one of my favorite lines by him is, uh, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans mm-hmm. that sounds you know it, it, you, you can sound like you am trying real hard to sound deep but it, it's it's a really true line yeah you, you have the best intentions and you can smoke five years so yeah that yeah. it's like and it's like
1: and i think about it, it's like is that what i want how i want to be remembered right is right. like i was there but not really there because right. you could just see i'm in my head's in another place, <laughs> and they know
0: you intimately like they know. you're here, but they you're, not, you're here. not here.
1: And they know it, and I, I get called out on it.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I don't like. I don't even have like I don't have an excuse. I'm just like yeah, I'm not. You got, you got me. me. You
0: got me. So let's let's look at the tail of the tape as we're winding down. So this is why I respect you and this is what I want to kind of just my stomach just growled in my <laughs> microphone. I'm sorry guys. Snack? When I get home. Okay. Um, so you're a graduate of men's fashion and tailoring. Uh-huh. You've had your hand in photography and design. You're in real estate and you make ugly things beautiful for people to stay in. You're involved in a really cool lifestyle brand based out of Brooklyn. Your father, you're a husband, and uh, <clears throat> I'm still just scratching the surface. That's and you've crammed all that into 35 years. That's, That's impressive, good. man. Kudos to you. I would say, uh, I'm trying to think if you missed anything, I'm sure I did. Certified dog trainer, are you actually? Yeah, dude, <laughs> dude, in uh, scent detection. Isn't it amazing how much you can cram into a life? This is how badly I didn't want to work for somebody. That's amazing. I learned everything. <laughs> you went to those to such extremes to be self-employed. Yeah, not a bad thing. No, know thyself.
1: Not a bad thing. And then until the bank's like, so what's your uh, right. work history? And they're like,
0: mm. yeah, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wind down, what's what's next for you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, hard to say it, but I'm really, really, I, I'm actively working towards being more focused mm-hmm. on a, on a couple things instead of taking on. So uh, yeah, like I really am going to be putting in more effort to say no. So, um, I'll maintain a, a small, um, I lo- I love talking about marketing growing businesses. So I'll I'll maintain a bit of that, but I really do want to grow what we do in terms of um, giving people unique unique places to stay, whether that's for um, pleasure or um, for you know you know important life reasons, um, and continue to grow that. I mean, our Bellwether House has turned into a really interesting space. Uh, More weddings coming in. Cool. Um, I think our our little speakeasy environment is perfect for grooms to hang it's so great man um and starting to just like really go into that world um because i think um things like airbnb came in uh people took advantage of it uh, because hotels sort of weren't putting the effort in and that's i think really how it grew um but now there's a lot of airbnbs where people aren't putting the effort in
0: Yeah. And um, I have no right to be one. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I'm not really, I'm on a daily basis where I'm, my mindset is we're not an Airbnb. We, we act as a hotel. We, we care about customer experience. We care about customer service. We care about all that stuff. If you could put me, if you could give me that designation, I'll take it any day. Um, I, I'm not interested in the, like I'm not interested in sort of, being pigeonholed into the, an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope, yeah, I mean, I hope that's sort of where we go next is take what we did, take everything we're doing and use the, those as examples of how we can work with others right on. and uh, and continue to grow what we're doing here because I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's fun, again, as someone who likes to observe, sit back, hear hear people's great conversations, and uh, I just uh, I want to continue to build spaces to bring people together and, and, um, you know, just again, on a daily hearing people's feedback yeah. and just how wowed they are is super rewarding.
0: Yeah. To, to refer to what you do as an, as a B and B is kind of an insult. It's not what that is. It's this, your scope is much, much more special than that. I think, you know what? I think that's the takeaway. Alan Glanfield builds special things. <laughs> And that sounds kind of campy, but to be able to give people a special or beautiful experience, that that never goes out of style. Like When you visit Rome, because there are incredible spaces that only Rome has, you go to the Four Seasons Hotel because it's a special experience. You're creating a special experience that people won't forget. Uh, and you're going to just continue to kind of get better at it.
1: Yeah, and we're we're doing it with what we have. Yeah. And what's available to us at the scale we can, you know, achieve. Mm-hmm. Um and I hope we can continue to do bigger and more exciting I, I things. have, and, I have no doubt. Um but yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. I think uh again, it was like I get used to the spaces mm-hmm. and then I see you come into here and and just your face is like the best. Yeah, you get Noah's blind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Seeing you or anyone walk into these spaces and just yeah be like, what? Yeah. This was behind that wall. Yeah. Um, and that's
0: what I mean, special. Super fun. Uh, how do people find, where where, do you, where would you direct people to go check out what you're doing on socials and stuff? um
1: Well, let's stay focused on what we were just talking about. So uh, Bellwether House. Okay. On Instagram. Cool. Probably the be- quickest, easiest. Uh, so, uh, I think Swell oh, F- House. Underscore
0: Norfolk, I think would be swell underscore Nor- Norfolk. That's yeah, the
1: but can be also find through like the Bellwether House Instagram.
0: Cool. Well, uh, Alan, <clears throat> my man, thank you for having the uh, honesty to to let me ask you some big heady questions and all the things in between, and hosting me in your space and um, going out of your way to to express interest in what I do. Um, we've had a few hangouts now and and culminating with this conversation and i have a feeling i'm pretty good at knowing in my gut about certain things i I really hope and look forward to kind of growing with you as a friend and and who knows what else down the road we have pretty a lot of alignment with our interests so i'm excited to see what the future holds 100 percent um and
1: uh yeah i I just want to do cool things with people i like yeah and i really like if you can Write it is in as simple way as possible. That's pretty much it, you know. And yeah. so yeah, definitely admire everything you've done, everything you're doing. Thank you, bro. And um and yeah, so I didn't hesitate to sort of say hey.
0: that's that's high praise. Uh yeah, that I, thank you. Um <clears throat> now you're making me squirm and blush. Uh so Alan, thank you. Uh people listening, anybody who is risk averse, this is an awesome case study in how recklessness and courage uh, shows up in unique ways and can actually produce some pretty amazing fruit. Um, and it's never a bad thing to do a lot of things really well. But also saying no is not a bad thing either. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. And anyone, honestly, I, I'm, I'm more than... I love sharing experiences and sharing anything I've learned with others. So if, if I can provide value to anybody... like always happy to awesome. happy to have conversations.
0: conversation actually before we sign off in, in terms of so outside of the bellwether thing um, you seeing a good idea and seeing uh, a, a project that can go further than they think it can and you liking to do that is there an online entity that people can reach out to you for those kind of things where you can speak into things or it, right now is it just kind of like happens organically through relationships
1: yeah pretty organic I'm yeah. Uh, X Okay. Just sort do cool be, things, me, guys. Me personally. Maybe uh, Alan will. Really get to me. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I think I love sharing. I love, I love networking. I love spending time with people. And if anyone, if anything I've said is of interest or any challenges anyone's facing related to the, anything in the, in these, worlds that I live in, I'm Mm -hmm. more than happy to spend time with people.
0: Right on. And it's true. He does. Uh, Alan Glanfield of bellwether and bellwether X. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 40. Um, To our listeners. Thank you for hanging with us. We're growing. Uh, We're, we're in 30 countries and uh, not to sound cliche and crazy, but you guys are literally the reason why we're still pushing through this. Uh, It's been a blast. Episode 40 is in the can and uh, we'll see you at episode 41. Alan, thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. Ciao guys.